Are you looking for inspiration and words of wisdom so you can go out and launch your own business? This is the Lost and Founded podcast, bringing you raw and relatable stories of successful entrepreneurs, committed startups and personal experiences that are here to inspire, inform and influence. My name is Amanda. And my name is Alex. And in today's episode, we'll be interviewing a pioneer in the UK grime and rap music scene through his dedication to changing the narrative of youth culture through the media. The award-winning platform has been recognised for being unfiltered and empowering in curating the careers of artists such as Jay Huss, Stormzy, Skepta and Ray Black. One out of the three co-founders joining us today is also an advocate for marketing and brand strategy, so much so that he has started a creative arts platform, Your Cinema, which is a filming TV platform showcasing upcoming scriptwriters, actors, and even videographers. So, without any more suspense, I'd love to introduce Pierre Godson Amaro. Oh, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. God bless yeah, you. Well, what an intro. What an intro. Thank you very much for joining us, Pierre. Honestly, it's, uh, we're delighted to have you. To thank you. Thank, thank you for, for having me. I, I genuinely mean it. It's like a, it's an honor to be asked in it. So, no, thanks. So to kick it straight off, kind of wanted to ask you, what is GRM Daily? If you could explain to our listeners, really, and particularly, what does it mean to you? Well, do you know what, right? So I left quite a while ago, right? But in terms of what it is, I would say it's a platform like it does what it says on the tin. I think that was the whole that that's that's the whole point of it. Um like grime and rap music every day. That that that's literally what it is. It's you know like what you're interested in, right? Everyone's got their particular taste. Some people like cars, some people like music, some people like food, all of that stuff. When you're so in the thing that you like doing, yeah, you just get a natural feel for what needs to happen. I think that's what it was. That's the reason why it was started. It was like World Star Hip Hop was huge and big at the time and it was still new and exciting. Like, oh, we need a UK version. So let's do that. That was, that's literally just because there wasn't anything like the, you know, mainstream media wasn't catering to like the music we were listening to at the time. So you're like downloading stuff on like Kazar and LimeWire and all these oh like God, old yeah. school downloading platforms. <laughs> trust me. Bluetooth and songs. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? MSN <laughs> Messenger, all of these things. And it's like you, you, and, and the reason why those things were happening is because there wasn't any, any other way. That, that was the reason. So you basically saying then that kind of what inspired you and the rest of your team to start up GRM was simply just a passion that you recognized that I love this and this could be improved. And you just thought, how can I go about stopping people from Bluetooth and songs to each other or illegally downloading offline wire? There needs to be a platform for music daily. Like, is that simply what it was? Basically, there was no team. It was me and um, Isaac, who everyone would know as Posty, right? I felt like, oh, I want to make this platform. Then Posty called me and said he wanted to do the same thing. And we hadn't spoken about it. It wasn't like, oh, a conversation that we had been having. It was literally, I was like, 
right, okay. I was going to go and do the same thing tomorrow. So I just kind of felt like, mm, okay, uh, yeah, let's just do it. And so it's like, yeah, like for example, if you're swimming or you're a fish, yeah, you're you're not aware of the water like that. Yeah. You're just in it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So maybe someone who's outside of it can look at the fish and say, oh, so that's how you do. Oh, so the water, the oxygen goes through your gills, and you've got a way of processing. The fish is like, I'm just, I don't know. This how I was it born. Isn't it? This is so yeah. philosophical. <laughs> the thing is like there. Yeah. <laughs> that somehow these fish are making sense to me. <laughs> oh, amazing. So that's what it was. It's like people wear slim fit stuff, right? But that's just because you're just like, yeah, because it fits, but like you don't even think about it. You just know that's what you like, right? With with us at the time, we were so in music here that you there was that natural feeling of like, oh, we need that as well. Because Worldstar was taking off and we were like, oh yeah, so let's just try. And then that's when you you build it. Because I, I just believe like you're put on earth to do things and they often show up in the things that you like. In the early days, how did you fund the business? I mean, I'm assuming that you're quite young when you started it. So how mm. did you fund the business? And also how did you, you know, find the artist to keep filming and just making sure that the, the content was as resilient as it is like today with the listeners? Yeah, no, when we finished uni, like, yeah, we both working. Um, I was doing temp jobs here and there. I remember coming out of uni, it's like my bank balance is never, ever looking like that again. Never. So I was fortunate enough by God's grace, you know, to get some jobs and stuff. So just working. Um, And then I remember I got my first permanent job. And when I first got it, that's when we came up with the idea, got the quote found sketchy posted found sketchy online or he had worked with him before said this is what we want to do he was like and he hadn't done anything like that before but he had like a such a good designer like a really good designer he had a go gave us a quote it was a lot of money for us at the time but to be fair it's like what else are you going to spend your money on other than like trainers and stuff even though i really wanted trainers yeah just built it so it was really i guess in terms of funding it yeah it was just the jobs that we had at the time to be fair having just what you need to travel and maybe buy a t-shirt and a cardigan because that them days everyone's wearing cardigans and plimsolls and stuff but yeah i was was guilty of this person Mm. i wouldn't say i wouldn't say guilty it was fly though it was fly that's why we were doing it right yeah well that's interesting you say that because the major thing about starting a business is that people feel like they have to have money back in it but generally it's just hustling as much as you can to start up as much money as you can to to pump into a business even if it's not a lot then you're kind of putting in what you've got even though when you don't really have any money but you're just kind of and you know what right i'm i'm a firm believer in use what you have on another level i believe that whatever you have is what you need Mm. so a lot of times it doesn't seem that way to people. It's funny because a lot of people are in the creative industry, but they're not creative with their careers. Now, and even more so as time goes on, is like the cheapest time you're ever going to have to start a business. It costs nothing compared to like back in the day, you would have needed to have a shop. 20, 30 years ago, you're starting a bit. You need to have a shop. You need to pay the rent or you need to get a van. You need to do. Now you can sit at home on socials, you can repost people. A laptop and a Wi-Fi connection. And you're Trust good. me. That's how we're speaking <laughs> now, isn't it? Literally, literally. That's it. 
make it happen. If the thing costs and you don't have the money, see if you can do it in a different way. And if it does cost, then go and get a job, a part-time job, or just do something. And sometimes the opportunity is not from someone else. Sometimes the opportunity is you've got someone's email address. Because, you know, sometimes like, oh, some people feel, oh, they haven't got someone to help them. It's like, but you've got an email address and you found this other person's email address. Email them, see what happens. It doesn't cost. 100%. So many of our listeners today will be starting a business as a team and not necessarily individually. So how did you find working in a team i mean i guess you guys were friends as you said before Mm. but how did you find working working with your with your friends i think it was it was amazing because i had known him for so long and we were talking about something that was common passion point for us i think we were also young as well that's what made it happen and there were like differences in our character and personality that I think organically just came together to make it what it was so he was a lot more outgoing and 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 social at that time which really helped when we were on like music video sets because then he would have more confidence to go and speak to people. Like I remember particularly at the beginning and stuff, I was like quite, I guess, analytical and still like very creative. I think that's one thing about both of us still very creative and that, but some of the other maybe more serious things I would deal with. And then you sort of like learn and even each other out as things grow. One thing that I think is quite helpful for people who are starting stuff up with their friends, right? Is in an ideal world, try and map out where you want to go. I don't think this is something that really hindered me and Posty, but it's something that I've just noticed just with like people in general, just like over my career and stuff here. Yeah. If you're in London and then someone says, oh, I want to go up north. It's like, oh, I want to go up north as well. Yeah, let's go. Cool. Jump in the car together. And then you're driving, you're driving, you're driving. And then you get to Manchester and the person's like, yeah, we're here. And the, pers- and the other person's like, oh, I want to go to Newcastle though. It's like, if you had mapped that out before, because that could cause an argument. Doctor, you need to be on the same page. Yeah, because the short term is really easy to do. Energy and excitement will take you to tomorrow. But being able to say, I want to go to Newcastle, I want to go to Manchester. I'm not saying that people need to have their lives figured out and know where they're going. But I think I'm speaking more in a general sense. If you are able to at least say, do you know what? All right, cool. Yeah, we're going to do this thing. It's really exciting. Where do we want this thing to go in five years? Where do we want this thing to go in 20 years? Because someone might say, oh, I want to do, I want this thing to evolve into live events and da, da, da. And it's like, do you know what? I don't think we should ever do live events. Cool. You need to have a conversation about that. Definitely. Yeah. So just to be like as transparent as you can possibly be with your teammates, whether they're your friends or not your friends, you guys just need to know where you're going and how, you, how you're getting there, essentially, just so you don't yourself hinder somebody else's growth, for example. Yeah. But in, in that same breath, did, did you and Posty, did you really share the same vision and the same scale of where GRM Daily could go? 100%. 
the bigger picture was the bigger picture was yeah that's what it was and there's no other way at the time that we wanted it to go if you're basing something on the, one of the largest platforms in culture at the time that's what you're actually aiming for it's like we want to make the UK version of world star that says everything world star's huge it features this type of content that's what we want to do cool it's already a, it's already on a big scale as soon as you mention world star that's it like you've already that's your match comparing this to somebody as big as that shows that you you're 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 serious you know you're here for the long run recording videos and people are going to see these videos daily like it's it's clear in the name but it's it's as simple as that like this needs to be getting grime music and rap music out to everybody as much as possible the vision was was always there and the motivation was always there and this it's paid off it's funny you said what you just said here because um you made it sound like really like focused and driven and <laughs> but it's like <laughs> but it's like I can appreciate that being older like from a project perspective of like no cool that's what you want to do and then yeah you are going and you're going to do it you've built this amazing brand so all the praises to you guys were you ever encouraged to be part of a bigger brand? Like, did people see GRM Daily and think, oh, I'd really love to buy that and just kind of encapsulate it into their own thing? When we first started, rapper called Sincere, um, I think he saw the vision and he he offered us money and stuff and we didn't take it in the end. But I think it's just because we knew, like, nah, that's not enough. Like we're doing, we're, this is what we feel that we have, so to speak. And as I say that, it wasn't like a conscious thing. It's more just a feeling. If someone, if you've got like, I don't know, a pair of Gucci chainers or whatever, and someone's like, yo, do you know what? Yeah, I'll give you a tenner for them. It's like, ah, uh, but you know, you don't even have to think. You just know mm, it's not you're not calculating it you're just like oh I'm alright I'm alright you know so, your potential and value that's it potential just kind of expanding on the fact of potential and seeing how much it has grown and grime as a genre has really taken the not just the UK music scene but kind of internationally the music scene by storm do you ever just sit back and think wow this is actually kind of mad like now everybody's listening to it and the fact that GRM Daily was there to provide the platform for these grime artists to to showcase their music that now so many new artists who possibly never would have made it if it wasn't for platforms like your own daily do you know what i did it you know Logically, I can appreciate the impact because after that, saw loads of YouTube channels come up, but I can see the impact and the ripple effects. Mm. Um, but I think I've just started to realize like, that's what we're here for. Like we are here to do a specific role yep. that helps the world in some sort of way. I'll crystallize it like this. I think because I was in it so much, I didn't see the ripple effects. I'm like, I don't sit back and think, oh, wow, look at this. Sometimes I might be like, oh, rah. You know, that's what we did. Not even a but. It's just like, yeah. I'm very humble. Very humble with it all. Oh, is it? Uh, Why is it? It's great. It's great. Uh, 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 uh. 
yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really just like, yeah, that's what, you know. I think you're being extremely humble right now. Uh, I think you you have curated a lot of people's futures where it could have gone down a completely different path. So definitely take props for that. You mentioned a few a few platforms, you know, SBTV. And was that, did that seem like competition for you? Or? Yeah, no, it was definitely competitive. Um, it was just about, you don't want to be second best, in it? You don't want to be. Sometimes in industries, some businesses cross over and it's up to the platform whether they take it personally in terms of like, nah, you're my competition. But SBTV and Grind Daily is, it's like, it's just about making content and making the best content you can. You're inspiring them in different ways. So let's say, for example, no one had a website or no one structured content the way that we structured content at the time right um then when we do it loads of other people do it and then some people create a business of it off of it or it enhances their business or all of these different things to the point now if someone has like a blog layout that's like a music site in that sort of way it's it's not about oh you copied Graham Daily or GRM. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, you've got, it's like people would understand that, like our contributions and our successes are to help change things. So a Daily Duppy may have certain editors thinking, oh, right, that's sick. I like the way this happened and all of that. So it's more than in someone wanting to be the best. There's such a deep ripple effect that um, I think I've just begun to appreciate with certain things in life and stuff. So would you say rather than like, you know, being sort of madly competitive, you all sort of just shared the same vision and learn from each other in that sense? At the time, no, it was just like competition. <laughs> like you just want to be the best. You just want to be the best. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like... Anyone down on <laughs> Trust me, that, that was literally what it was. Yeah, it was that. It was that. Obviously, cordial when you see people and stuff, but it's like, yeah, nah, but we have to have the best content. We have to make the best come. Yeah, we've got the most hit. That's what it was. But do you know what? As much as you're talking about GRM fighting to the top and, and you know, leveling up and whatnot, were there ever any points where you really experienced failure? Was there a point where GRM crashed and just things didn't go to plan at all when your business just collapsed and you thought... Oh, okay. Like, what am I going to do now? Um, one key point was, um, we had like 70 million views, quite a number of subscribers. Um, I can't remember the exact number, but yeah, the YouTube channel got locked off and like didn't come back. Hasn't seen light of day. Um, so with that, that's like, what do you do? So do you want to build up 10,000 videos and now there's an issue or maybe not? So we, we tried out our own player. And for that time, it was just too expensive for what we wanted. So it's like, oh, so then, and then we ended up going back to YouTube. It's just that thing of like, you try, you try and find a solution and eventually you find one just through trying. It's that creative thing when it happened. And I'm really summarizing because it was like a huge thing. Yeah, that, that was, that was a tough one at the time. I mean, as the UK music scene has changed, mm. we're seeing a rise in drill music as a popular genre. Mm. And a lot of drill music has received negative attention from the media for claiming to insinuate violence. And it's been a genre that's been particularly clamped down on for being negative and everything it's about is negative. And how did you feel at the time when 
this drill music would receive such negative attention. And then how would you go about promoting these artists on GRM Daily? You probably don't know this, but I had left by that time that um, drill music had become um, prominent to the degree that it has now. And my reasons for leaving, I just personally felt like God was saying, all right, cool, you need to go. Um, I think what I saw with my eyes is that I just started to feel uncomfortable with um, the content, not because it was getting worse, but I just felt like I was looking at it from a different lens now. And I just started to get that itch like, oh, I'm not supposed to. And it just got stronger and stronger and stronger. Tell you to watch this. But then I've got a younger brother and sister who at the time were like maybe 15. My brother was probably like 15. And then my sister probably would have been like about 13, 12. So I'm, hey, you know what? Make sure you check out this rapper tonight, 6 p.m. The video is dropping. But then my siblings... I wouldn't tell them to go and watch it. Or if they come to me spitting the person's verse, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, don't speak like, what are you doing? So I just felt a bit like hypocritical and all of that stuff. Like you're not supposed to be here right now. Respect that, respect that a lot. There was a call in and your time was up and you felt that you could channel your your expertise into a, into a new venture, into new ideas. Do you know what? I want to say it was that, but I didn't. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was just like, I know it's not here. That's, that's, just what it was like in the nicest way possible. I've left now. So what we did, and I thought I was going to do like youth development. There was an opportunity that I saw that I took up where cinemas wanted to get young people into the cinema. And there was a little bit of funding for it. So that went really well. And then we just kept, we, we, we just continued to do that. That's pretty much where I was just finding myself. Yeah. Like the platform was so influential, yeah, that you've got everyone. And this wasn't, I didn't feel like this was a problem, but your phone is going off a lot. Like everyone's ringing you about stuff because this one's got a campaign. This one wants to do a video. This one's got a mixtape job. Like, do you know what I mean? So you've got all these relationships and stuff. And I think with that, I was probably quite blurred in terms of like looking at success, like success means this is okay. And then I think, I think God just started to reveal to me, like you're being successful, but you're doing this. So I think that time out just helped me to unplug from everything. I was like, just trying stuff, feeling stuff out. I was clear on and I still stay true to this day just because my life is not going to be great if I don't do this is I just have to agree with the messaging behind what we're doing. No, absolutely. And I think that's really powerful. The fact that you said you just needed that time to kind of think about what you were doing. Mm. Um, Because I think sometimes when you end something, it's hard to just like stop and then go into something else. Like you need time to think. And I really appreciate that the fact that you embraced that time and thought about pursuing something that meant something very genuine to you. Could you just tell us a little bit about what your cinema, just your kind of your vision behind it? Cool. So, you know, they wanted young people to go into the cinemas and stuff. Like one statistic that was clear was that people from low income backgrounds go to the cinema at most twice a year. And I was looking at it and I was like, all right, cool. And it wasn't even about income. I was just looking at it like the demographic of young people that I'm familiar with, 
they're not going to go to the cinema. And I said, mm. so then I just started to analyze it more, what young people spend their money on. Da, 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 da. And I was like, but when Noel Clark releases a film, everyone goes to the cinema and he breaks records. Like they're ready to go to the cinema, whether they're from a low income or not, they'll find what they'll go in it. This depends who they want to see. Exactly. So I have to do something that you want to see. I have to do screenings with films that reflect you and you probably haven't seen before. So we were just like, look, we can get people to the cinema. It didn't work in a way that I wanted it to, but maybe that's a blessing in disguise because now I've got like a different platform that is just for that. You've covered so many roles in your career path as well that have encouraged people just to be the best version of themselves. But where do you see yourself in 10 years time? I just want to be someone who has helped contribute significantly to showcasing, I don't know, maybe the majority of our culture in like uh, through films, feature films, short films and series. That's it. I feel fortunately now we're in a space where there can potentially be or there is like a lot of choice. But I also want to make sure that we're showing our culture correctly. Yeah. Because I feel there's a bit of a skew, like a particular type of content. I think some of them are like amazing. Like I love Top Boy. I think Top Boy is amazing. I think Shara's story is so, is like really good, really entertaining. I've just taken up the responsibility of, I want to showcase all our culture. And I also want to showcase it in a way that when you put out a piece of content, yeah, you're also speaking. So I don't want to put out that, say, when you see someone in a tracksuit, they're going to go and rob someone for food. Because what that means is when someone who's never been robbed, no street activity happened to them in their life, when they go out on the street and they see someone dressed in that way, you build perceptions on that. Like you see George Floyd passing away, sparks action and sparks perception. When we put out content, you're, build, you're, you're speaking to people. And I think I realized that. And I just want to make entertaining content that has truthful and good messages at the heart of it. No, absolutely. But I think it all comes down to the general principle of following your passion. And if you feel mm. that you are passionate about something and you can make an impact in that market and you feel that, you know, there's opportunity here to start a business or to really change something. If you think you can do better, it's generally just follow your passion and, and roll with it. And you never know where it can go. And if you're doing what you love, then you can be successful. And that's kind of the principle I've taken from what you've been saying tonight. I'd ask you, Alex, what's your passion or what are you passionate about? And you don't have to have an answer. Sometimes, you know, people have, you know, there's that thing of like, oh, what am I doing in life? It's like, you can find out in it. But so I'm just wondering, what's your passion, mate? Passion is probably, I don't know, just doing something that I love doing and doing something that I don't feel like, this might sound like a generic answer, but mm. it's generally true. Doing something that doesn't feel like work, following what I generally want to do and not kind of following a, a structure and a system that has been given to me, that's been fo- like pushed me in a certain direction. It's following something that I generally want to do. Mm. Do you know what? I like that. Um, and one thing I'd say here is people end up doing for the rest of their lives. Some people fall into it. You know, like what you're saying, we are like, oh, you know what? We started this thing. I like it. I want to see where I'm going, where where it goes. Who knows? You could be the next Pierce Morgan. 
you guys are still like young and that I think that's an amazing thing. In five years, you'll see, you might see which ones that you like or you might like all of them. Who knows? Anything in this day and age, ah, you can do everything. I feel so inspired to start my own business now and I'm sure that the people listening today will also feel inspired to take that next step forward. But do you have any last words of encouragement just for anybody starting a business today? Just start it honestly and truthfully and just try to never ever lose that i remember there was times where during grm where you lose the authenticity a little bit because you're in the business of it so you're not putting your all into just making content like good content maybe that is good at the beginning because you need to just start but then just always ask yourself do you know what is this good quality and have that balance between putting stuff out as opposed to putting out perfection. And I say that with a pinch of salt because we're all different. And I feel some people are put here to craft amazing excellence. Like you see that with Steve McQueen and that you can't just shoot that one day and put it out tomorrow. But then someone else is also smashing it in another way by putting out bare pieces of content. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like whatever you're here to do, you'll, f- you'll feel it out. So, but passion and consistency and just doing it truthfully, always asking, is this good though? Kind of taking yourself out of the picture and being like, actually, is this good? You know, like, I might think it's good, but really is it? You know, it will end up being about the money. And the thing is, you don't lose instantly, you lose gradually. And then you wake up and you're like, where did it all go? Link up came with the authenticity and it's like, oh, what? Cool. Do you know what I mean? So don't chase the money, chase the content. Well, Pierre, honestly, thank you so much for, for your words of advice, your words of encouragement and inspiration. And mostly for your time today, we really appreciate you joining. I'm sure many of our listeners would love to know where they can get in touch and potentially find out more. Do you have any social media that you'd like to plug our listeners into? Your Cinema Films. It's at Your Cinema Films on Instagram, at Your Cinema Films on Twitter. That's that's pretty much it. Just watch the content. We're putting out content all the time. But more importantly, like like series and scenes and narrative based content and dramas and stuff. That's that's what we're we're focused on. Um, yeah, just follow and get with the movement in it get with the wave get with the wave you had it yeah. <laughs> that, you know what that sound that sounded a bit dated you know but yeah it, it is what it is in it but honestly yeah as alex said thank you so much for your time today this has been the lost and founded podcast if you liked this episode make sure to head over to instagram and let us know how you found it at lost and founded pod With new episodes being released every Thursday, you'll be ready to continue taking steps to bring your ideas to life. Wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to follow and be notified about more inspiring stories and experiences. That's all for now, and we'll see you next week. Thank you guys for having me. God bless, man.